You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am your Uncle Daddy. I am Joe Stapleton. He is your work auntie. He is your my work wife, James Hartigan. Happy birthday, Joe. And to everyone who's listening to this podcast next Tuesday, happy Pancake Day. Is it Pancake Day next Tuesday? It is. Does that mean you get real pancakes in the UK or the weird UK pancakes? What's a weird UK pancake? You've been to IHOP. You've been to the International House of Pancakes. Oh, you mean the fat ones? No, we, ours are more like crepes. Yes, you're gonna get you're gonna get crappy European crepes, crepe crepes. Coming up on today's show, someone told us uh, not to not not too nicely that we had to talk about poker, but we're not gonna do it because they told us to. We're gonna do it because we want to. That's right. Coming up this week, it's our poker news roundup. And what better guest to help us out with a poker news roundup than the editor in chief of Poker News, Will Shillabeer. The newly enshrined chief editor of Poker News. I like his name because it kind of sounds like a question. Will Shillabeer on the show? <laughs> yes, he will. Included in that, we'll finally talk about the Global Poker Award nominations, even though they are dead to us. You say that. You have a nomination. You're an well, award-nominated broadcaster once again. I am refusing to win out of protest, unless, of course, I do win, in which case I will accept it and forget all about this conversation. Um, oh, man, oh, man. Um, speaking of dead to us, Daniel Lawrence, this week's super fan, um, dead, I think, to us, unless he really puts out a good performance in today's uh, super fan challenge, because I did watch this week's subject pool hall junkies and um for once james actually got tortured by the super fan subject yeah we will go through the trials and tribulations of a trying to get hold of a copy of this movie and b actually watching this movie later on because daniel's gonna get it both barrels I can't wait. I cannot wait. Now, James, uh, how is the new Superfan application process working? It is working. The shark is working. Thank you to Miles Miller, Ken Miller, Irvin Cruz, and Mex Hedrum, if that is your real name. All Probably of your is. applications and, crucially, your pasted reviews that you've left on your podcast platform of choice have been received they're all on the list. They will be coming on the podcast in future weeks and months uh, to participate and potentially win stuff because they followed your instructions that you gave last week, Joe, that we now not don't just want a tweet saying, I want my specialist subject to be this. We also want you to cut and paste the review, ideally five stars, that you've left on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you consume the show. Of course, that's the way you apply to be a super fan, but you can also comment, like, and subscribe for any other reason. Get a friend to subscribe. Uh, but of course, that is the way you apply for super fan versus tapes using the hashtag poker in the ears. And that's how you chat with us about anything else going on with the show. Indeed. Very shortly, we will be asking the question What's going on in poker today? Soon it is time for poker in the ears news. But first, Joe, I have to ask, how was your incredibly quick, incredibly short trip to New York City? You know, I love martyrdom, right? You know, I love these put-upon schedules that are impossible 
to deal with. I um, I take it so on Wednesdays we record the podcast. On Wednesday evenings, I've been taking a stand-up comedy class just so I can uh, continue to sharpen sharpen my comedy skills. I left class, went straight to the airport, got on a plane, flew overnight, did not sleep. Because you know that that viral uh, video is going around of the guy punching the back of the woman's chair in the airplane. Yes, the woman in front of me. Um, I don't. I actually don't mind when people recline. No big deal, right? I'm not super tall. It's fine. It's a little annoying if my laptop's out. But what does annoy me is when someone constantly is moving back and forth and back and forth and slamming the seat up and down and up and down. This woman did not stop moving for the entire flight. I hadn't seen or heard of this viral video yet. I considered punching the back of her chair. I was so irritated. But all I did was do one of these where I just kind of like stared at the back of her head every time she'd do it. And I'd look over the people next to me like, ah, ah, can you? So anyway, I did not sleep on the flight landed and went straight to, uh, I guess I would call it, I don't want to call it a poker lesson because the person that I was meeting with did had played poker before, uh, and did have a, a decent knowledge of poker, but I did a, a poker coaching session with a, uh, an incredibly, an incredibly famous person who I will reveal later on because it's not quite official yet. Uh, but I've been told it is going to be announced, I think, today that I am working officially on this movie. So next week, uh, it's entirely possible I will be on location where this movie's being filmed. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, James, I did not get a chance to tell him what our poker connection is because I forgot. I was a little... It's freaky. So next week, we'll discuss this. When you are able to reveal the individual's name, when you'll be able to reveal exactly what you're doing with this project, we'll talk about this bizarre glitch in the matrix to coin your own expression. Definitely. But after that happened, I realized I was in Brooklyn and I had been tweeting about being in New York. And Vanessa Selp's wife reached out to me and said, hey, we live in New York. Will you be nearby? And it turns out I was nearby. So I got to go visit with Vanessa and her wife, uh, Miranda, and uh, their kid, Felix. That was really cool. Had a comedy show in New York City the next day. And the very next morning, boom, I was back on a plane to Los Angeles. But it was an incredibly productive trip. And the uh, the actor I was working with more or less said, look, dude, I kind of want to have you on set when we're shooting this movie. So uh, fingers fingers crossed. I'll be coming to you from Mississippi, even though I live in Hollywood next week. <laughs> Did I say you've also been doing some of VR poker stuff? Yeah, so do you remember the Growler? Super fan. Yes, uh, Jody Ann. The Growler is really innovating in the VR space, and she has come up with an idea for a show called G7, where it's seven ladies hosting uh, a TV show, a show in VR. Uh, it's a sit and go with uh, the seven ladies and one guest. And they had me on as one of their early guests. I think maybe the second guest they've ever had. And uh, the topic of discussion was poker etiquette. So you're playing a sit and go. And as you do, you're talking about various poker etiquette. I did win the sit and go. Okay. Any sort of praise, clapping. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. And and since women are just as good poker players as men, that says something, James. I just b- 
beat seven equals at poker in a game so with that, a high level of variance. Well done, Joe. That's right. I, I was the luckiest of all. Uh, anyway, it's it seems like a really cool concept, and I really like what folks are doing with VR. For sure. Um, it's it's pretty cool. They, I mean, they had a two camera set up, and they're going to edit it and put it out with whole cards. Um, so it's, it's pretty fun what they're doing. Looking forward to that. Indeed. Um, just before Will comes onto the show, there is one thing we need to touch on. Some very sad news concerning... A member of the European Poker Tour family, an EPT alumnus, I'm sure many of you saw the tragic news about Caroline Flack, the TV presenter who's died at the age of 40. Caroline was the presenter of the EPT for the first two seasons. Sadly, our paths never crossed. I joined the EPT as a presenter commentator in season three, so I never got to work with Caroline. But obviously, we still have many people on our production team and crew who were around during the mid-2000s, in the early years of the tour, who remember Caroline very fondly. She was a consummate professional. She was a joy to be around. And crucially, everyone who worked with her knew that she was going to go on to bigger and better things. I think it's fair to say she was probably the most talented presenter who's ever worked on the EPT. I know she wasn't against stiff competition, present company included. Um, But clearly after that, she enjoyed a very successful career. Many of our team kept in touch with her, over the years as a friend. And in fact, the last professional conversation that we had with Caroline was back in 2014 when we were filming Shark Cage, Joe. And we were obviously looking for celebrities who could play poker to come to one of our locations, Monte Carlo, Barcelona, to take part in that show. And we did approach Caroline and she was interested. However, she chose to do a different TV show instead. She chose to go on Strictly Come Dancing, which she went on to win and is one of the things that she will probably be best remembered for well obviously sad that we we lost her so soon and anytime we lose someone in that way it is quite sad so i i hope that anyone else out there who's struggling with those things uh, reaches out rather than uh you know acts out in this way well let's move on to what else has been happening in the poker world very pleased to be joined by the chief editor of poker news making his first appearance on poker in the ears we say hello to Will Schillerbeer. Greetings, Will. Hello, guys. How are you? What's up, Billy? (laughs) Now, I appreciate that you've actually been in the job for a few months now, but you have to remember that we were off air, in inverted commas, for December and January. So everything that happened during those two months is still news to us and is certainly new. So I have to ask, how is the new-ish job? The new job is is going great. It's uh, I suppose you guys had a bit of a weird January in that you you suddenly had it off for the first time in in recent memory. But yeah, no, poker poker was still ticking along, and uh, obviously we had Prague, and then uh, I was went down under to Melbourne uh, for most of January. So uh, wasn't really much difference in terms of me still live reporting, but behind the scenes there was uh, lots of lots of stuff going on with me getting used to my my new position. Can we talk a little bit about um, your rise to that position? Because to me, you'll always be the fan that asked for a tour of the EPT backstage <laughs> and got one. And now you're fucking editor in chief of Poker News. And I think that as much as I'm baffled by this, I think hearing stories like this uh, can be helpful for other people who might be listening and wondering how to break into an industry where they are a fan and they want to work in it. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, in 2012, I started university, and I always say to people, within the first week, I was playing poker with the Poker Society, 
and presenting uh, on the student radio, presenting sports on the student radio. And over the time, the, the two sort of coalesced and um, I got into EPT Live, EPT Not Live, you know, absorbing all of the poker um, broadcasts on YouTube, uh, after Poker After Dark, The Cash Game, everything, everything, all the way up to the World Series and, and, and beyond. And slowly but surely, I was like, I should, I should go. You know, it's it's you can see on the on the live streams that people are there just wandering around, not really knowing what's going on. I, I'll know more than them. And so 2014 Barcelona, the the 100th EPT, um, that seemed a good a time as any. And uh, yeah, I, I went and you used some of my contacts. I remember Mark Convey showing me around and um, on the tournament floor and doing a bit of writing for the PokerStars blog. And slowly but surely, uh, I went to some more events and I met some more people. And then almost a year, less than a year later, spring 2015, I was in Malta and I was in the middle of my year abroad uh, studying in Germany. And I, I went to Malta and, and took, took in the sights of that, played a couple of events uh, and got back. And I remember posting on Facebook something along the lines of, yeah, Malta was fun, but it's now time to to get back to work and, and focus on finishing my my studies in, in Germany. And I then got an email saying, hey, you know, a spot's opened up. How would you like to come and live report in, in Monte Carlo at the grand final? So that was 2015. And, and since then, I, I've graduated from my German degree, did my sports journalism course, did live reporting full time. So I think people who know me know that I I, I love poker. And uh, a job like this is is a dream come true in that it's progression uh, and it's still staying true to to the writing and the reporting routes that I that I had even back when I was first picking up a, a poker card. Have you been able to impart any wisdom on people who may be looking to follow a similar path to yours? I've been back a couple of times to um, my sports journalism course uh, and spoken to them. Um, it's it's very similar. I said to someone recently that um, poker is a bit like Formula One. Last year, you know, I went and, and reported in in Sochi and in Melbourne and in Monte Carlo and in Barcelona. And what do they all have in common? Well, they're they're Formula One circuits. And so, if during university I'd gotten into Formula One and started writing a blog about uh, F1 and, and gone and seen it, I'd have I'd have probably come along the same route, but just been about folks driving cars than than winning poker tournaments um but it's it's the very the best advice that i got and i think the advice that sort of set me up is it's not about what it's not about wanting to write it's about what you've written and so the real value of of having a portfolio of work um even if no one's reading it you're making yourself better you're proving to yourself that you can write you're learning about what what styles you like. You know, I, I still love talking to poker players um, and hearing their words and, and grafting and, and crafting a an article around them. Um, and that's from way back when, when I would um, message Jake Cody or uh, Jan Heitman and say, hey, I've got some questions for you. Can you answer them? I still remember messaging uh, Andre Greenberry when he was top of the online game and, and getting him to answer some questions. And then that moved into uh, Jason Somerville, you know, interviewing him and look where he's gone. So um, just just write. It would be about anything. But the person who told me to write a portfolio did probably didn't think I would go away and write about poker tournaments. That's for sure. 
Well, that is correct. All of that is the correct answer, and I wanted people out there to hear that. And, of course, one of the key things that Poker News does is the live reporting from live events. And we're going to start with the Aussie Millions, Will, because you were there. And the weird thing is I was utterly thrown by the fact that the Aussie Millions have moved in the calendar. Because there was no PCA this year, the Aussie Millions situated themselves in that slot at the beginning of January. And when I started going online to find out, oh, I wonder what... It's going on at the Aussie Millions this year. It actually happened already. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a weird one in in that the, the uh, it was a double edged sword. They had the obviously the gap in the schedule at the beginning of January, uh, where they you know probably taking advantage of poker players looking to to fill that slot immediately after festivities. You know had had enough of spending time with their families and, and eating and drinking at Christmas and immediately wanting to go somewhere nice and warm. So they put it there. Um, but they also had the, the lunar calendar. The lunar new year was much, much earlier. So um, even if they would have had it where they originally had it or had it in 2019, um, there would have been a clash in terms of the, uh, the venue and, and the, the lunar new year commitments. Um, and then other high roller things came up that sort of bookended it into what place. What the hell is the lunar new year? Is this some kind of blood festival? It's it's Chinese New Year, but for all oh, the countries Chinese apart from China. Okay, um, well, now it makes sense. Well, including China. So they, uh, quite simply, a, a lot of the uh, staff members that were doing the poker, they would need them for that weekend. Um, you know, people people love to come to the casino on Lunar New Year, and being there just before I flew home, it was they were every bit right to do that. It was absolutely heaving. So they thought that sort of forced them to amend the schedule slightly there were some some little changes not that you'd notice um but as you can see they missed they missed the uh the record by the slim the slenderest of margins um and it was just a, a phenomenal tournament see now i'm learning about other cultures too australians <laughs> am i right in thinking joe that you actually did some live streaming from the aussie millions not from australia I have no idea, did I? I'm not sure. I don't really remember. I'm pretty sure I did the main event, but I can't. I can't be sure. I would. That was when I was working like 48 hour days. So I, okay, sure. Um, I do remember. I do remember you in the commentary booth, um, in, in the capable hands of, of Jason Somerville and um, is it Brett Hanks. Brent Hanks. Yeah. yeah. I will say this. Uh, Kale Burns, man, what a boss put together all that charity money for uh, the wildfire relief and then made a couple of deep runs in Aussie Millions events. That was pretty impressive. I was happy to see that happen for him. There were there were some lovely storylines coming out with, with the bushfires. Obviously, not a lovely storyline in, in and of itself, but Lynn Gilmartin, uh, her fundraising efforts, lots of players committing uh, or or yeah committing to donate a portion of their uh winnings either in the main event or over the entire Aussie Millions festival um and I, I know we, it sort of seems like a broken record when when crises and and negative news stories hit the poker community or even the, the global community in uh, in general but the poker community really does band together um in times of yeah. adversity mm -hmm. like that so uh, it was really nice to see and being on the ground there, the, the crown were doing doing their bit um, and trying to accommodate poker players who wanted to do more. You know, could we have a charity tournament? Could we do this? Could we do that? Um, but crown were already doing so much, like even little things like for every bottle of water that was bought on the premises, 
they were donating an extra one to um, to bushfire relief and to support those affected. Uh, and that's just like one of the small elements that they were doing as an organisation. Um, so who were the winners of this year's marquee events? Well, obviously, it's only a matter of time, I think, before the 250k challenge comes back to uh, the Aussie Millions, given the, the inflation in the poker high roller world. Um, the $25,000 challenge is my favorite because it's it's the closest in my eyes to what I call an old school EPT main event. Yeah. It's, it's that $10,000, 10,000 euro buy-in uh, level. And so you look around all the tables and there's probably the, the, the majority of each table you will know, even as a casual poker fan. Um, and so Farid Jatin won that. There was a, a heads-up deal with George Wolfe. And I know Farid Jatin's gone on to win a couple of other things um, to really kickstart his 2020. Um, and he just he seemed to really enjoy himself in, in lots of the high rollers. Um, the 50K challenge, conversely, was towards the end. Um, Kerry Katz finished second. He looked to add the 50K this year to the 100K challenge he won in 2019. Um, but it was Michael Adamo, uh, who won it, topping a 82-player field. Now, this is a new Mike Adamo, right? Like, there's another Mike, at least I used to call him Adamo, who used to play the PCA, and he was, like, from Turks and Caicos or something. This is an Australian guy, right? This is a young Australian guy, um, quite quiet, keeps himself to himself. Uh, he's I'm Luckbox online. Um, so... He um, just keeps himself to himself. He's a very quiet, one of the quiet players at the uh, at the poker tables. This year, he won the uh, Young Achiever Award. So every day before, every year before day two of the main event in Aus- at the Aussie Millions, um, there's some inductions into the Poker Hall of Fame. Uh, so this year, Lynn Gilmartin and Cale Burns, like you said, like you mentioned previously, they were both inducted. And Michael Adamo won the Young Achiever Award, uh, which was given out. That was earlier in the festival. And then he backed that, you know, that Achiever Award up with a win in the 50K Challenge. And interestingly, he is nominated in the Player's Choice for Toughest Opponent category at the Global Poker Awards. Seamless segue alert. Um, (laughs) The nominations were announced a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of felt bad that we've waited until now to really address them. But to be fair, the ceremony isn't until the 6th of March. There's like a a month goes by between the nominations being announced uh, and the ceremony taking place. And once you set aside the fact that all awards are a little bit silly and somehow poker awards are even more silly than other awards and accept the fact that these are designed to shine a light on our industry then and also i'm a huge hypocrite because i vote and nominate people in them every single year um but they've not been without controversy as usual there are highlights and lowlights as we look through the nominations only one of the three people in this conversation has actually been nominated. I did check, Will, and I noticed that your name is missing in the Journalist of the Year category. Interestingly, Joe Ingram is in that category. Um, An interesting inclusion, not taking anything away from Joey's achievements in investigating the Mike Postle allegations. And certainly, I think he deserves recognition for his videos and certainly deserves recognition for his social media channels and for being Poker Personality of the Year. But journalist of the year bit of an odd one 
I think everyone in this industry has different hats that they put on. Um, and I think Jerry Ingram's one of the guys who has the most hats. I think you follow him on social media, you follow his YouTube channel, he can flick a switch from grinding uh, the great game of Potlim at Omaha live, grinding it online, to party Joey, to motivational speaker Joey, um, to investigative journalist Joey. I, even I was captivated by his approach to the Mike Postle story this year. Um, so journalist as a, a pure journalist, as the only thing he does in his life, 100% no. But for, for the Mike Postle stuff, I was I was captivated, like I said. So I think that I, uh, it yeah. needs recognition. I would agree that what he did when it came to the Mike Paulson situation was journalism. Maybe he didn't present it in the way that uh, journalists typically present their information, but you know the amount of research he went in, the fact checking. You know, he did obviously some speculation too. But I, I think that for that particular thing, I think he, he's well worth a nomination in that department. James, you mentioned that I am nominated. Am I nominated in the Young Achiever category? Because that's all I'm really. Uh, I'm afraid in. the cutoff for Young Achiever is well below the age of 43. <laughs> uh, broadcaster of the Year, the nominees are Jamie Kerstetter, United States of America, Jeff Platt, United States of America, Nick Shulman, United States of America, and Joe Stapleton, United States of America. And all I'm going to say here is that, that maybe it's time to have the American and the European Poker Awards again because the Global Poker Awards kind of feel like the American Poker Awards, and now we no longer have European awards. Yeah, what do you think, Will? Oh, you throw, you throw that on me. I think there are some, some great nominees throughout all of the um, categories. I think it's just the American approach to poker is so much more in your face that some of the uh, categories obviously have American players shining through. But you take a look at, I know you previously mentioned that the player's choice for toughest opponent, no Americans. Uh, Twitter personality, two Americans. So from the four events, two, two events of the series, two outside of the series. So I think if you take it on a category by category basis, I think the Americans do shine or stand out or however you put it in those certain categories. But I, I, I think that um, to, to tar every category with the same American heavy brush is a bit, uh, is a bit much. Let me ask you this, Will. How big, on a scale of one to ten, how big of a of a travesty is it to not have James Hardigan nominated oh, in a broadcaster category? Stop! I will not have you bang this drum anymore. Now you're just starting to troll, and I do not expect, nor do I necessarily deserve uh, a nomination I'm, I'm in these not awards. Joking. Look, I'll stop because I was like obviously teed that question up in a silly way. I'm not joking though. I think that it is ridiculous to have that category and not there is no one i'm going to say it now i said it on twitter i'm going to say once in my podcast there is no one better at that job than james hardigan well that's very kind of you to say joe i do think that one of the good things about any award ceremony and this one is is obviously highlights it more than many others is people love controversy. They love to talk about the voting process, the nominating process, who's been included, who hasn't been included, who's been snubbed, who's undeserving. And that's part of the joy of it, right? Is that it creates a discussion, it creates a oh, debate. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm sure you see that all the time, Will. 
Well, if I could briefly might add, you didn't bring me on the podcast to uh, to blow smoke up either of your asses, I hope. But I, you know, I, I was... I, that's I, exactly why I had you on. I, uh, I got into poker because of EPT Live. There's no, that's no great post, that's no exaggeration. Uh, I have somewhere in my, amongst my poker collections, is a card protector from EPT Season 10. Oh, wow. Um, which I got for being uh, being part of the live stream um, in the in the Twitch chat or the precursor to Twitch chat, I reckon, on YouTube. So, you know, you guys, or both of you, and by extension, Mark Colby and, and Matt Broughton, uh, are the the soundtrack to my poker upbringing. So. You've just reminded me of the card protectors, Will. Do you remember, Joe, that stunt you did where for an entire season you ha you carried a card protector in your pocket and we did this competition called Hashtag Mug Stapes. And if anyone came <laughs> up to you and challenged you, you would give them the card protector. And I think you still have it. Uh, yes, no one ever asked me for one. <laughs> it, it never actually worked out as a promotion whatsoever. Well, I remember, I think it was pra one of the Prague ones definitely and it was david yan and it was cards down coverage and whenever david yan was in a hand people would had to, or my by my suggestion people had to predict uh what hand david yan would have at showdown and so yan hand was born uh, and i think that that uh idea idiotic as it was was enough to earn me uh, an ep10 ept10 car protector I love it when people remember all of the dumb shit that we used to do on those live streams. Because, there, was a, there was a lot of it. Oh, I know, but it's it's all merged and 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 become muddied over the years. To be honest with you, that I so little of it is recalled by me. Um, so obviously we are going to cover these awards when they are finally announced on the 6th of March. And I think our ambition, Joe, on the podcast after the ceremony will be to speak to at least one, if not two, of James. the winners. You know what's kind of weird about the awards is they, they kind of enders gamed us with the awards. Like what I thought was the second round of nominations turns out, no, that was it. That was the voting. It's over. Oh, so when you nominated, you're also voting for the winners. Yeah, it's it's over. Like, you know, at the end of Ender's Game where they're like, this huh. is your final training mission. Nah, dude. You, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> they... Uh, Nope, you just blew up the alien planet. Like, it's done already. Like, it, it's been decided for weeks. Oh, okay then. Um, well, I guess it's good in a way that the voting was done by the wider industry rather than just six people at random, right? Yeah. But you're not, we're not supposed to talk about who, we've, who we voted for at this point. So definitely don't ask Will who he voted for. I will not ask Will. I'm assuming, Will, you got the right to vote. I do get the right, right to vote. Fantastic. Good. Uh, well, we will see who wins on the 6th of March. Um, let's move on from the Global Poker Awards then and talk about some stuff that's either going on now or upcoming. Because uh, I noticed that uh, you guys have been uh, building up to the Sunday Million Anniversary, which is also next month. Yeah, it's one of those exciting things that comes around every year, like anniversaries do. Um, but you know, to go for something that is going every week to to big it up, it deserves uh, a bit more of a deep dive. And with such a big guarantee, we felt that you know we'll we'll put a little we'll put a little action plan together just to get as many people aware that um, not only is it an anniversary, I think it's the biggest guarantee stars have ever put on any 
of their online tournaments ever. Yes, $12.5 million. Yeah, so what we've done is we uh, we went and said, hello, stars, um, you have some great online poker players on your books as team pros. Give us our advice. You know, we want we want to tell poker news readers um, all about how they can prepare for uh, the Sunday Million because lots of them will maybe play it for the first time. Lots of them will, will satellite in. And so what you don't want is to turn up on the Sunday Million and sit in front of your laptop and just lose your head and and not make the most of such an opportunity to win life-changing money. I mean, I, if there's any chance of that guarantee being covered, this the field in this thing is going to be ridiculous. I mean, how many days is it going to go on for? A long, long time. And so lots of these, these strategy tips that, that they're giving us, um, either Tom Hayward or Ali or, um, or Felix Schneiders, is basically don't go crazy. The, the structure in these tournaments is so good yeah. that you, you can just afford to chill and take your time because the blind the blind levels will not go up massively. And even better is once you get to the bubble, there will be people who are just wanting to min-cash, just to say that they've min-cashed in, in the biggest Sunday million or what potentially could be the biggest Sunday million ever. And so there's the time to sort of play your cards right and, uh, and, and pick, pick your right spots. Um, but the things that they were emphasizing were uh, rest, especially if you make it through to the next day, nutrition, during and before the tournament, and timing. Otherwise, you'll, you'll, you'll not make the most of the opportunity. There's one other online thing I wanted to quickly mention before we move on to the final part of this segment, and that is Platinum Madness. Joe, I don't know if you've seen this. It kicked off last week. This is a promotion awarding 21 Platinum Passes online uh, via Stars Rewards Chests. And there's basically wow. a game. It's like an online board game. And the idea is that you opt in via the challenges window on Stars. And just mm -hmm. by playing real money poker, you, contain, you get chests that contain dice rolls. And the dice rolls then move you spaces across a board, like a snakes oh, and ladders shit. board. And if you land on chests, you win prizes. And you could be lucky and your chest could contain a platinum pass so the idea is keep moving across the board the more chests you open the greater the chances that you might unearth one of those PSPC packages I want to kind of go into more detail on this next week because we're going to do one of our deep dives into the PokerStars Players Championship and do our state of the platinum union but that is going on right now but I wanted to use it as a segue because we've gone from online play to something that's kind of a weird game to well, you know this podcast, and you know what happens before we let you go. Do I? <laughs> yes, I Will. Time for you to play one of our dumb games. This week's dumb game is called It's Just What It Sounds Like. Now, Will, uh, you must know that your name, Shillabeer, sounds like it would translate to one who sells beer, right? Yes, yes, I've had that before, probably from you. <laughs> that of course never never want to not recycle a joke that of course is not actually what it means i looked it up it turns out it actually means it's a horse-drawn omnibus or a hearse but we're not interested in that we're interested in what it sounds like that's the name of this game it's just what it sounds like i have taken the liberty of describing some other jobs and you just have to answer what that job would be in the form of a shilla beer. For example, James is going to do two practice questions with you. Okay. okay. For you, I should say. Christ alive. Uh, 
James, if I described a job as so, um, it would be, you know, one who sells beer, a shilla beer, uh, one who puts water in a three dimensional circle would be a pour a bowl. What's a what's a what's a, a three dimensional shape that's a circle called? Hey. Oh, oh, hold on a second. So do they all have to do all the answers sound like shillabeer? Yes, they do. Okay, so oh, that would be God. that oh. would be fill a sphere. Fill a sphere is correct. One more, James. Okay. Just practice so Will can get used to it. Uh, one who only invoices annually. Bill a year. Bill a year, that's correct. Good luck, Will. We're all counting on you. Will, are you ready? I've taken a lifetime of uh, playground teasers about my surname. I think this is my moment to shine. All right, here we go. This this is very easy, as you can tell. Uh, Question number one. One who pierces lobes would be known as... (laughs) Um, Pierces lobes? One who pierces Uh lobes would be... Uh, Ill, uh, ear. Uh, something in ear, that's an easy one. What's the f- I don't know. What's the f- what tool made by Black & Decker could you use to create... Drill a- and ear. There we go. Drill and ear, there it is. Oh, These do require no, clues, can- Joe. I'm sorry. They require no clues. You- James, you can clue. No, I can, no, I can, I can get them. Can, uh, you don't use a drill to... No, no, no. Question number two. Don't bring practicality into it. <laughs> Yeah, I know, that was this, my mistake. No, this are, there's a reason why we call it a dumb game. Then this may be the dumbest ever. Question number two. One who refrigerates venison. <laughs> What's that? Chilladeer. Chilladeer is correct. Question number two. Number three, excuse me. Question number three. One who excites a cow. Thrill a... Um, Uh, thriller, a cow, beef, um, thriller beef. <laughs> I'll give him half credit for thriller <laughs> beef because <laughs> I like it so much. What is it? Um, you guys might not use this word for cows in the UK. We were looking for thrill a steer. I have never heard that uh, word. That's like a, that's a, a bull. Okay. Question number four. One who knocks over a container of cream cheese. What? Um, spill is the first one. Yes. Um, a container of cream cheese. Philadelphia. Dairy Lee. I have a feeling this will man just not translate into English English. I'm going to let you off the hook on this one. We're looking for a spill a schmear. What the hell is schmear? Schmear is uh, another word for cream cheese. I guess it's just a, a New York thing. Okay, moving swiftly on. Question number five. One who bequeaths the largest building in Las Vegas. <laughs> Will a... Uh, um, the largest building in Las Vegas is this... Oh... Willis, Willis, a sphere. Willis stratosphere. Willis stratosphere is correct. (laughs) Question number six. One who pours another drink for a guy who 
drives a gondola. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is one of the most forced, awkward things you've ever, ever come could up I, with. And that is saying that something. Could I have that one again, please? One who pours another drink for the guy who drives a gondola. So it's gondolier. That was, that's the... And pours another drink. So he's doing what to their glass? Oh, fill a gondolier. No, another fill, drink. Re refill a gondolier. Refill a gondolier is correct. And final question. Uh, this one simply is Lurk from Lord of the Rings. Who's, who's Lurk in Lord of the Rings? He is the orc who murders Sean Bean. Oh. Oh. Uh, Do you remember the name of Sean Bean's character, Will? Maybe. <laughs> um, I know lots of Lord of the Rings names, but Lord of the Rings is not my, my specialist subject. He plays Boromir. Oh. And Luck so, murders him, therefore he... Kill a, Bor kill Bor kill a Boromir. Killer Boromir is correct. We got there in the end, you guys. I think that was our best game ever. Will Shillapier, <laughs> you, my friend, have risen from the ranks of superfan to editor-in-chief of Poker News and winner of Joe Stapleton Dumb Game. There is nothing left to accomplish, including the Global Poker Awards. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Global Poker Awards 2020 nominee Joe Stapleton there. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, Will. You're very, very welcome. Always a pleasure. Poker in the ears. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. And we welcome to this week's edition of Poker in the Ears from the Unitedist of States, Daniel Lawrence. Hello, Daniel. Hey, guys. How are you? James, do we, do we really welcome him? So here's the thing, Daniel. <laughs> I'm not happy, and I'll give you two reasons why. The first is the challenge of trying to watch this movie and compile this quiz. I guess... Part of it is on me because I left it until the beginning of this week and naively assumed that if it wasn't on Netflix, it would be on Prime. If it wasn't on Prime, it would be on iTunes, only to discover that this film does not exist on any digital platform anywhere. I had to buy a secondhand DVD from Amazon and then... <laughs> I had to spend 90 minutes of my life that I will never be able to reclaim watching what I think is objectively one of the worst films I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and hold on. Not only did he have to buy it on Amazon, he then had to rip the DVD and send a digital copy to me because the only thing Amazon had for sale in America was a region two disc. And I wasn't about to go out and buy a region two DVD player to watch <laughs> pool hall junkies. I almost had to go to a blockbuster video, which I think is the last time that anyone cared about this movie. <laughs> I kind of went through the same uh, hurdles as well, guys. I uh, I had to find it in a uh, here in Vegas in a uh, secondhand DVD store. 
but but Daniel, and I found it, yeah. why did you pick this movie? Why did you pick the subject? Um, you know, it it, it kind of runs parallel with the, I guess kind of like the rounders after seeing it again. So I guess that's why it intrigued me so much when I saw it years ago. So I thought it would be like a a good movie to go over since it was some. This movie I've not seen in years. <laughs> this movie is as if someone took the script for Rounders and did a find and replace for every yes. poker term and swapped out a pool term. <laughs> yeah, uh, with also elements of swingers without any of the charm. It, there are also allusions to movies like The Hustler um, and also to uh, its its sequel, The Color of Money. Um, Let's talk about you, because I don't want to talk about this film any longer, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, Daniel. What is your deal, bro? <laughs> uh, I uh, live in Las Vegas. Um, I play poker here a little bit, and I also uh, do real estate. I'm currently uh, just, uh, um, yeah, just out here surviving in Vegas. You know, what's, your, uh, what's your specialty of real estate? Houses, apartments, condos, uh, industrial space? New home development, new homes. So uh, homes from you know uh, for, from developers. If I have uh, if I have three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, what kind of new home can get can that get me? Depends on location. Okay, where can it so get where me? Do you want to be at? Where can it get me in Summerlin? How much? Uh, you can get in there for that price for sure. Yeah. Can uh, I get a pool? Depending on size, but yeah, you might be able to. Okay, depending cool. On the back size of the backyard, but yeah, for three seventy-five, you definitely have a lot of options. Apologies, have- apologies for jumping in here, but I can't really allow a PokerStars communication channel to be used for Joe to broker a real estate deal. As <laughs> as we like to say on conference calls, guys, take it offline. Um, <laughs> let's instead draw attention to the fact that because you're in the state of Nevada. Daniel, you are not eligible to win EPC Sochi satellite tickets, so you are playing for double merch. Two of our shiny new t-shirts available in the Star Store from the exclusive Poker in the Ears collection. I have compiled a 10-question quiz based around a film that looks like it was cut with a blunt spoon. Um, There are multiple choices if you should need them. There are bonus questions on some of them. As our guest, as our superfan, Daniel, which number would you like first? Nine. Question number nine. According to Joe, what is Brad's pro ranking? Thirteenth in the world. He is 13th in the world for two points. Wow. Joe, where would you like to go on the board? Uh, Give me question number nine, please. That's the question that just got taken. Mm, Okay. Question number seven, please. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much of an asshole is the lead character in this movie? <laughs> 10? Uh, I would have taken any of the answers. 9, 9.9, 10, or 11. I will give you two points for that, Joe, and I promise that's the only trolley question in this quiz. Uh, Daniel, where would you like to go next? 7 and 9 have gone. Uh, 2. Question two. During the hilarious conversation about the N-word, how much does Johnny claim that Chico owes him? Five grand. $5,000 for two points. And there's a bonus question. Glenn Plummer, who plays Chico, 
appeared as James, a dancer with an attitude, in which 1990s So Bad It's Good movie? I don't, I don't know. Joe, you can steal. I don't know. I'm a, uh, a dancer, 1990s. Um, uh, I don't know. I'll give you one of his lines of dialogue, which will give you the answer. No one's claiming any points here, by the way. He says, dancing ain't fucking. It's showgirls, of course. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and Joe, it's your question. One, three, four, five, six, eight, or ten? Uh, three. What birthday is Tara celebrating? Her 30th birthday. Correct, for two points. And there is a bonus question. Alison Eastwood plays Tara. She made her first credited screen appearance as a child in which of her father's films? Uh, let's see. She's around 30 and 19, in 2002 when this was made. That would be 1972 is when she was born. So she could be the late 70s. Let's say, um, in the line of fire. Which was the early 1990s. Uh, the answer was tightrope. You ever seen that one? Never seen it. It's quite good. You should check it out. Uh, your question. What would you like, Daniel? Uh, let's go with one. Question one. What make of car does Johnny say he won from Bucktooth? Cadillac. It is not, and Joe, you can steal because the options have not gone. What make of car? Uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? What make of car does Johnny say he won from Bucktooth? Bucktooth. I'll take the choices. Dodge, Chrysler, Chevrolet, Skoda. I don't think it was a Skoda. Let's go with a Dodge. It was a Chevy. There is a bonus question which goes to Daniel. How many years before the main story does the pre-credits prologue take place? 15. 15 for the bonus point, and you have a 5-4 lead. Joe, 4, 5, 6, 8, or 10? Question 10, please. Question 10. Christopher Walken delivers a pretentious speech in a pool hall men's room about what animal? A lion. Correct, for two points, and you've taken a one-point lead. Okay, four, five, six, or eight? Eight. Question eight. Always a toughie. Johnny cons his way into a job selling what brand of motorhome? Oh. And one of the all-time worst cons, by the way, I've ever seen on screen. Can I get the options? You can. Is it Swift? Mallard, Bailey, or Caravans for you? I'm going to go with Mallard. It is Mallard for a point, and there is a bonus question. What is the name of Johnny's boss in that specific job? Merv. It is Merv, and you have taken a one-point lead. But, Joe, it's your question. Four, five, or six? Hey, James, if I tell you where you got your shoes, can I get five extra points? <laughs> no. Four, five, or I'll, six? I'll take question six. What make of car does Mike offer as collateral in the trick shot prop bet? 
a Mercedes. It is for two points, and now Joe has a one-point lead going into the final round. Daniel, four or five? Choose wisely. Four. Question four. Complete the quotation. May your hands be steady. Option. And your cue be accurate. And your aim be true. And your shots be successful. And your balls be hard. <laughs> and your balls be hard. No, it's and your aim be true. And Joe, question five. Red claims he won a game of pool using which golf club? What's the score right now? Irrelevant. James, you know how in, in, in Gladiator they'll look up to the Emperor for the thumbs up or the thumbs down? Yes. What are you giving me here? Do you want? I'm asking you, want you to answer the question honestly. Do you know the answer? I do know the answer. Then say the bloody answer. It's a putter. It is not a putter, which means you can steal. Options. Is it a driver, a putter, a nine iron, or a sand iron? No, nine iron. It is a nine iron for one point. The legend of Red is that he won a game with a putter, but he says it was actually a nine iron. So, we have a tied game. It is eight points apiece. The tiebreaker, price is right rules apply. You cannot yeah. go over, you can only go under. And Joe, I need you to answer in Skype chat, privately to me, not in this group call. And you will answer verbally, Daniel, when I have Joe's answer. The question is to the nearest $10,000, how much did this film gross in its opening weekend in the United States of America? Sorry, you want me to write, write, send you my answer? Yes. Okay, Not on, on this chat. Right. Separate chat. Yeah. Takes me a second to figure out how to get Remember, to it. you cannot go over. You can only go under. To the nearest $10,000, how much did this film gross in its opening weekend in the United States of America? Okay. So Joe has given me his answer. Daniel. What number are you going to go for? You said opening weekend? In its opening weekend oh. in the United States. Oh. Uh, $275,000. $275,000 is your answer. I can tell you that you are under, so your answer is eligible. Joe, you said $220,000. The actual answer is $300,000, so you were pretty close there, Daniel, and you were closest <laughs> of the two of you, so you do win this week's edition of Superfan vs. Stapes, and we will be sending you two Poker in the Ears t-shirts. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Daniel. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up next week, there have been platinum passes for your asses. Don't forget, we're cruising toward PSPC 2020. We're going to give you the stats on all of the platinum passes given away so far. How many? How many we have left? And we are going to hear from a couple of the winners. Uh, Rick Bleakley 
and Greg Armand will be our guests next week. We'll get to know them and find out how they qualified for the PSPC. And the super fan subject, James, I better get on this now because I haven't heard much about this movie in about 20 years. It may be difficult to track down. I may have to go find another blockbuster video. Hudson Hawk. More like 30 years, Joe. This was an early 1990s Bruce Willis, Andy McDowell film. Um, It has a bad rep, but I don't remember it being as bad as some people said it was at the time. I definitely need to revisit it. I hope it's easier to get hold of. But from memory, I think it'll make a better watch than what we had to endure this week. I've always wanted to see this movie. Obviously, it was notorious back in the day. It made the news, but apparently over how bad it was. I think there was even, as you would say it, a NES video game of Hudson Hawk, which uh, I might try to track down as well, just for laughs. Uh, That's it, guys. That's all the time we've got for this week's show. Uh, As I mentioned before, don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Later.